Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. My guest today is Chris Reed. He is the CEO of Ardor SEO. I want to ask Chris, I have trouble saying Ardor, by the way. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's one of those tricky words for me for some reason. But uh, Ardor SEO is a search engine optimization company. He has a terrific background having traveled the world He's worked previously in finance for companies such as uh, Visa Europe and Euroclear Bank. And so we're going to talk a little bit about small business, search engine optimization, and a few other things that I want to pick his brain about. Chris, thanks for spending some time with me today. Hey, man, it's well great to be here and coming to you from the other side of the world, even the future. I'm a uh... Well, I'm, I'm in the evening, you're in the daytime and we're like, I'm all the way in Saigon in Vietnam and you know, it's just a great world in which we live in now that you can do business with anyone around the world. That is excellent. So you might blow some people's mind with you coming from the future. You know, so much has happened over these last many months that people are open to just about anything happening. It's such a strange world. So some people may actually think you're coming from the future. Oh man, when every, every morning when I wake up and check the news, see what crazy town USA has been up to. <laughs> so, so maybe we could start here. Help me out because I am not the best in terms of digital internet marketing. Uh, here at Elliott Wealth Management, we have uh, Dan Conti who leads our efforts on that front. So I lean heavily on him. But in preparation, I saw a term SEM uh, versus SEO. And even though it's not my area of expertise, I've heard SEO for a while now, and it's something that we here at Elliott Wealth Management want to improve. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, right, Chris? That's correct. And tell me about (laughs) SEM. So, well, just just to, to bridge that, right? Like most people kind of know of SEO, maybe SEM, whatever, but like people think that they need a website these days to have a business. And it's like, you don't need a website. Just build a Facebook page if, you, if you're not going to market a website. What's the point in spending 20 grand on a website if you're not going to get it in front of anyone and generate any business? You know, a website's just like a business card. You can have really beautiful business cards and if they're sitting in your desk drawer, they're not going to make you any money. It's a waste of freaking time. Don't bother getting them printed. And the same with a website. It needs to get out there and get in front of the people that are looking for your, your products and services. And where does anyone go and look these days? Or Google, right? And so SEO is search engine optimization, basically showing Google that you're an authority and working out what your customers are searching for to get your message in front of where they're they're looking. And man, there ain't no better way of growing your business than that. SEM is referred to as search engine marketing, and that's just the paid version of that. So that's where Google makes all their money. In fact, uh, Alphabet, the parent company of Google, something like 95% of their revenue comes through Google ads. It's like the vast majority. And so like anytime you, you go and search like, you know, uh, any lawyer term in, in the US or financial advisor, any city, you know, if you, if you, if you search financial advisor in New York City, there'll be ads. The top three will be ads. Then there's uh, 10 organic listings. And then there's usually some more ads on the, on the bottom those ads, when someone clicks on them, they have to pay Google money. All the organic listings, they, they don't. That's free-ish. You need to have a really good website to be able to rank there though. So it's not exactly free, but that's the difference between SEO and SEM. 
So you mentioned uh, not everybody needs to have a website. I think that's what you said, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's point, it, it, like having a website is by far the best way of uh, growing your business because you can do it predictably, but you have to market a website. Don't, if you're not going to leave the marketing budget to, to build a website, then don't bother wasting your time. You know, like all the time we have people come to us that have spent 20 grand on a website and generate zero business from it because they go to a web designer and web designers might be good at making pretty things, but pretty things don't sell things. Things need to be in front of people's eyes to be able to sell them. So help me with this, because this has been my view and perhaps it's either outdated or maybe it was always incorrect. But it seemed to me that a business requires a website and it substituted what used to be a yellow pages ad, where at the bare minimum, you need to have a website so that you could say you have a website, even if it's not uh, what you're going to describe as a driver of customers and activity, economic activity. Yeah, I mean, uh, then it, then it's really just a vanity thing, right? It's like saying I I got a big car, like whatever, who cares? Like if not if it's not functional, what's the point of it? Like you, you the whole purpose of the website is to introduce you to the world. Like where do people go to look for products and services? They don't go to YouTube, they don't go to Facebook, they certainly don't go to the yellow pages anymore. They go to Google and they type financial advisor near me or financial advisor in New York or LA or whatever the heck. Then they trust Google search results. Even the paid ads, you know, Google would love it if people click on those ads more because that's where Google makes all their money. But only about six to 8% of people click on ads. That's about 94% of the traffic that's going to be organic. So that's going to get the vast majority of the clicks. And even of the 10 search results that come up in the organic, they certainly don't get an even distribution of those clicks. If you're down the bottom at number 10, you get around three to 4% of the clicks. If you're up up at the top at number one, you get 10 times the amount of traffic, 31% of the clicks. So like most people just click on number one. So when, like that's just the first step, right? Getting someone to your website. Then you need to convert them into a, into a, into a customer, right? And, you know, Amazon, if you talk about like e-commerce websites, Amazon converts just so much better than every other e-commerce website on the planet because everyone knows and trusts Amazon, right? Like if I search for blue widgets and Amazon comes up in Google search results, I click on it, I know I can buy a widget and I'll get a good customer experience. Just last week, I went to some website, bought a $600 product and it was crap. And I asked for a refund straight away because it was nothing like I, it was a digital product, nothing like they advertised. And you know, I'm not hearing anything from their customer service. You know, now I'm gonna have to call my bank, file a dispute. It's gonna be a right pain in the ass. Right. And that's, that's a risk you go with, with someone that you don't know. And so that's why most websites don't convert as well as Amazon. You need to get people's trust. Like, especially if you're in the finance world, right? You know, you can't have it like buy now. Like we, we work with a lot of like uh, syndication companies where they'll be raising money for a multifamily investment. And you, usually the, the minimum is like $50,000. And you can't have a little buy now button to take someone's $50,000. It's not going to work like that. So how a website works really effectively, you know, it needs to scream what you do, like that a caveman can arrive at your website and understand it. it goes, hey, we do wealth management, you know, because of, often people are searching for a problem, right? They don't know that you have a solution to that problem. So you need to really scream, we scratch your itch, dude, because they're searching for the itch. 
then you know show some examples of other people that you've you've helped you know solve this problem for and then make it really easy for people to get to know you so you don't want to like go hey give me fifty thousand dollars or hey book a call it's too aggressive people don't know who you are yet or if you give them what's called a lead magnet so like you know one thing that we'll do with like a, a syndication company is like the the five biggest mistakes people make when getting into investing and so people give you your email address they download the guide they you know read the five biggest mistakes and they go wow this guy really knows what he's talking about and then you can start like nurturing that lead and moving them towards a customer. And that's how you build a killer website. Very good. Now, that was a great explanation. Is there a differentiation between websites that you could actually acquire the product or service through a click-through process versus websites where there has to be a transaction that happens outside of the website. So the lead magnet is more call our office or schedule a meeting or something akin to that. Is there a differentiation in SEO and SEM in those two different components? SEOs or SEM are both just about getting traffic to a website. Then it's called uh, conversion rate optimization to like, turn that traffic into a into a customer so seo is about understanding what your clients are searching for what keywords they are then structuring the website structuring content to show google that you're the perfect answer to that person's search query and then google puts your website in front of where they're looking so that's stage one you can have the best sales funnel in the world or best website in the world it's not going to convert if you haven't got any traffic so stage one is always getting the traffic then you need to convert that traffic and that's where your website and your cro comes in so what you what you missed up uh, you, you you misspoke when you said uh, your lead magnet could be booking a call like that's not a lead magnet because like asking someone to book a call is just it's very aggressive because they don't know who you are yet right where a lead magnet is download our guide or watch download this video or whatever something that you know gives them some gives them some value shows them who you are like heck you can even like send them a podcast go listen to me on this podcast you know, it builds some authority. They go, wow, that guy knows what he's talking about. Hopefully some people are enjoying, enjoying this podcast right now and, and think that we're not rabbiting on with too much garbage. But uh, that builds your authority and tone. And then they go, well, that guy's not too scary. Maybe I'll listen to some more stuff that he said. And then you ask them to, to book a call. And by the time that person's actually proactively booked a call with you, like they already, you know, indoctrinated that you're a cool guy and they like your messaging. And so it's going to sell. Like, you know, we work a lot in real estate and, you know, one of, one of our newer clients, you know, she's, she's big. She's already doing a hundred million a year. Uh, and she's like, well, I, I don't have much time. Like I can't, you can't just give me crappy leads. I need qualified leads that are going to convert. I don't have time to speak to people that are tire kickers. And that's what you can do with a beautiful website is you bring all of those leads in and then you filter them out. You know, like you can ask them questions, you know, get them, get them to well, jump through hurdles so you can filter out the tire kickers so that you're only, only speaking to the best people that are qualified, really hot leads. It seems to me though, based as, as a consumer now, that most websites are not particularly good at this. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, like you said, Amazon or huge retailers and things like that. I'm talking about small business websites and small businesses still do a tremendous amount of business throughout the United States and the world. So it's very impactful 
their footprint in the economies around the world. But it doesn't seem like most websites are particularly good at what you're describing. Most websites suck. That's the absolute truth. Most people aren't doing any SEO because they don't understand it. They, they, most web design companies don't understand it. They, they're taking people's money for no reason. Like it, it, is, it is difficult. It is hard. And it's hard to get your head around. I mean, I've been doing it for years and you know, live and breathe it. So it just seems second nature to me. But like a lot of people think it's black magic. It's not really. I mean, I'm a software engineer, so I understand algorithms. Google is a bunch of algorithms written by software engineers. So like you feed Google what it wants and it, you know, your website pops up for number one. Uh, but that, that's the beauty of it, right? Is like 10 years ago, it was much easier to rank a website than it is today. But it's also way more valuable to rank a website than it was 10 years ago because the internet economy is just so much bigger. Then you imagine what, I mean, it's hard to fathom what the internet's going to be like in 10 years time, right? Like, you know, 10 years ago, there was barely Facebook. Like it was, it was a whole different, different world. Now it's like everything. You know, Bezos is by far the richest man in the world. Imagine, you know, he's probably going to own half the world in the next 10 years. So like building a website now is the best, well, the best time to build one was 10 years ago, but the second best time is now because the internet economy is just going to keep getting bigger and better and especially with, you know, things like COVID going around where, you know, everyone's in lockdowns and shops have to close, everything's moving online. And thankfully, most small business haven't done anything. So it's really easy to go and dominate your market. Interesting. By the way, just as a useless tidbit, because I'm a geek, is uh, Jeff Bezos has fallen on tough times because Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world, the founder of oh, Tesla. Poor, poor man. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you run into him in Vietnam, he might be a little depressed. You might need to give him a little, little. I'll, I'll buy him a tiger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so could we flip it around for a second and talk Please. about uh, listeners that, let's say, are more consumers and they have problems. They're looking for information. They may want to get educated on various things that could help their business or their their personal situation. Could be financial. Could be whatever. And so they, they, they're, they're looking, they, they go to organic sites and all the time you're asked to click here, click there, sign up for this, give us this email address, that kind of thing. So as a consumer, are there tips you can give to say, hey, listen, if, if companies are doing this, this is a hint that they are not legitimate because you can't judge by that, but seem to be competent at website management and e-commerce that would be a sign that it might be a well-run company that you could take seriously oh man i, I mean as I, as I mentioned before i, I bought six hundred dollars worth of crap from oh, okay. uh, so you, last week yes the web so you could great. write a white article on what not to do as, exactly you just can't tell their their sales copy was fabulous their front end was really good when you log into the info product it's crap and you're like man it, you know, a lot of people just wouldn't bother asking for a refund, I imagine. And, you know, they, they make enough money from that that they don't need to worry about it. You know, like it's, a website's a shell. You can't tell how good a web a company is behind it, right? Like it's, okay. yeah. It, it, but that's one yeah. good piece of advice that just because a company has a good front end, that's slick, easy to use, visually pleasing, 
that does not mean that they are competent on the back end and will execute well or deliver the product or service that you might be expecting. For sure. There's a lot more to business than just having a, a, a pretty website, right? Like even Amazon, they've got you know, an amazing website, but if they didn't deliver on their orders, then you know, it, they, they wouldn't be where they are. So going back to what you had said, just because uh, I want to, I'm, I'm thinking through our conversation and um, there are certain businesses that want, that should have uh, productive websites that have uh, lead generation tools that are using SEM and SEO. And ultimately the transaction may not happen online, but you can drive them to a call, a meeting, um, something like that, or it's the same process but you may be trying to convert people to click through and actually buy the product or service online. But the process up to that point is the same. It just then splits between, we're gonna um, transact through the internet, through the website, or you're going to contact us, meet us, schedule a call, schedule a Zoom, stop into our location, uh, but the process is the same in the lead up to that. Is that right? It, it pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, we we have have e-commerce customers and some of them sell their products on Amazon as well. And it's like, you, you can certainly sell a lot of stuff on Amazon. Amazon's a massive marketplace, but using Amazon or any third party, it's like that person owns your customer where like you want stuff on your website. Like that's the same as like Facebook or YouTube. You know, if you're using those platforms, those people own your customer, not you. Like it's, if someone's on your Facebook page, it's really easy for them to get them subtracted and go somewhere else. Or if someone's on your website, like you own their attention for, well, at least whilst they're on their website, on your website. If you, if you have, you know, if you're selling a widget or, you know, even one of our customers that sells luxury dog products, they sell like dog jackets, like in collars that are like $5,000. Some, some people have got too much money, but uh, <laughs> who's buying a $5,000 dog collar? Someone, Jeff Bezos, baby. <laughs> but, or Elon um, Musk. But like what we also want to give people is like a nice guide, right? It's like, hey, you know, here's five things that dogs think about while they're at the dog park. You know, make it fun. Make it that's relative to what, you know, a dog owner that is going to care about. And then you can start indoctrinating them. You don't want to just send them emails and go, hey, look at our, buy this, buy that. You know, you want to like show them stories. You go, Hey, look at the, the, you know, Johnny's little dog with his awesome new collar. And like, you want to be the, you want to be the star of the dog park? Then, you know, dress your dog up in this tutu, you know, like show them ways to use your products and services and, you know, invite them into a story so that they feel good about it. Not just like, Hey, buy my stuff. Like that, that sort of emails don't work. I was going to ask you, you mentioned email. How key is email marketing as part of the process to drive traffic to your website? Well, that's the opposite round. Like the, the money is in the list, right? That's always, it's a very old saying and it's so true today. You, you want to get people on your email list. So the whole purpose of your website, like I imagine most of your listeners are service-based businesses. So people don't particularly buy anything from your website, right? They just go and check out who you are. Sure. So the first time you get someone to your website, want to get them on your email list and saying, Hey, sign up for our newsletter. That's not going to work. No one wants more damn email. And that's where you have your nice lead manual, right? Download our guide, give us your email. 
And now you have that person's permission to send them emails. And so now you want to start indoctrinating them. You send them email, hey, listen to me on this podcast. Look, don't it sound cool? Uh, watch this YouTube video, read this article I wrote. And now they start going, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And now you can lead them towards booking a call. You know, who knows, like, while, while they were looking for your services and didn't take action right then, they couldn't be busy, whatever. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. You know, but if you can keep top of mind when they are free up, when they've got the money or when they're, when they're ready, you're right there to, to, to book a call. And they're not particularly going to come back to your website later. You already have that connection with them. So that's the process. It's not an email list to get people to your website. It's your website to get people on your email list. So in my, in my industry, historically, so this is my 29th year as a, a financial planner, and I don't know the exact number, but there's a statistic out there that to convert someone, this has nothing to do now with digital marketing or website, this is just in general, that you need seven to nine contacts. It's, it's one of those numbers, either seven, eight or nine. Uh, so let's just pick eight. So you need eight contacts with that potential client before they will sign on and become your client. And so, you know, in the past that used to be, you could call them, invite them to a meeting, you know, there, there's all kinds of non uh, internet based elements to that. But I, I want to know is the modern version of that, is there a similar statistic on if you want to convert a client, could you tell a particular industry, say real estate syndicates, do you get a sense of how many touches or contacts, how much dripping has to occur before the conversion rate increases notably? Yeah, I mean, like it, it's still it's still pretty similar statistics around around the, around the eight number. Uh, and so that's what you want to do is have your website and your, your evergreen funnel doing all that work for you. So you don't have to do all those touch points. You know, they download your, your lead magnet. They go, wow, this guy's cool. Listen to me on this podcast. Most people don't know how podcasts work. So they go, holy crap, he's got a podcast. Man, that guy must be like a superstar. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it builds a lot of trust and a lot of authority. You know, like people see you on YouTube. It's like, man, how do you get a video on YouTube? You're like, Zoom. You know, it's, I, I put videos on YouTube for my kids and they like, oh, wow, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it's a great way to build authority and trust. And so even like, as I mentioned before, when that person goes and books a call with you, they already know you, they know your messaging. Like people buy from people. Like I, I, I guest on podcasts a lot. You know, we, we send out newsletters a lot. You know, I, I'm the face of our company. If you don't like my funny Australian accent, then you're probably not going to do business with us. So it doesn't matter. But the people that do like my funny Australian accent, they go, wow, he's cute. He'll probably give me a koala bear if I like call him. And I go, yes, I have a koala bear for every new client. And uh, you'll, you'll, you'll resonate with my messaging and you'll, you'll be so, a client. So I, you think you're, I think you're going to set up a landing page for listeners, right? Who may want to get more information about Ardor, and am I pronouncing that right? Because that's a tough word for me. Ardor, well, Ardor means to do something with a fiery passion. And I even took out the U just so Americans could smell, spell it properly. It's, it should be A-R-D-O-U-R. Uh, yeah, I, I took out the U, Americanized it, and man, I still pronounce it wrong. So you're, <laughs> you're going to set up a landing page, right? Let's tell them about it. But are you suggesting that if people go there, they're going to get a koala bear? <laughs> Maybe not a koala bear, free, but free koala for every every client. Uh, 
that's our Australian guarantee. But um, yeah, there's a, a landing page set up. So Ardor means to do something with fiery passion. And that is the way that we do SEO. So if you go to Ardor SEO slash Elliot, there's, you'll see exactly what a lead magnet looks like. And man, I get critiqued on our sales funnel all the time. People go, man, that is a nice funnel. Jump into our funnel and you'll see how well it converts because you'll come and become a client. But I'll make a video for you. So you go to artrseo.com slash Elliot and I'll make a video for you and show you, you know, exactly what your potential customers are searching for in what search volume and show you some simple things you can change yourself on your website to get your message in front of where these people are actively looking and predictably grow your business. So that's artrseo.com slash Elliot. Very good. Chris, in the time we have left, uh, one of the things um, that I saw on your bio and, you know, listeners know that for people that are podcast guests, you have something called a one pager. So I have one, Chris has one so that if somebody wants to have you a guest on the show, uh, the one page gives you some information on topics, background, that kind of thing. But one of the things on yours that caught my attention, given that I'm a financial planner, and this is the Simply Financial podcast, is establishing financial security. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, how I establish financial security? Yeah. How do you define uh, it, first off? Financial security, well, for one, making more money than you you uh, need, that, that's pretty good. And uh, not living paycheck to paycheck. Being financially free and secure, that's financial security, not stressing about bills. All right. And yeah. so what do you like to talk about with your clients who are entrepreneurs, small business owners? They're usually high achievers with big dreams. I think at least yeah. in my experience, very hardworking individuals. So what do you talk to them about the work that you do related to financial security? How do they tie in? Yeah, okay. well, that, that, that's the beauty of our business, right? Is we get to see on the inside of every business because all of our clients, we look at their website so we can see their financials. We know, well, we see their revenue anyway. We don't get to see you know, their expenses or whatever, but we see how many customers are coming through. And there's so much things that business owners don't understand. Like I, I'll say, you know, one of the first questions I'll ask is, you know, what's your current cost per acquisition of a client? And they have no idea. You don't know how much it costs you to get a client? Well, how many more clients do you want? And they have no idea of, of their growth projection. They just want more. I'm like, man, you, you need to do some numbers. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's what we try and help people, people do to bring predictability. Like having, it was actually Larry Page, the co-founder of Google that said, revenue cures all problems and it's so true like i'm not the best businessman in the world uh you know i i've made plenty of mistakes you know i had a hr steal like 30 grand office one time like i made so many stupid business mistakes but like we know how to do marketing we got more customers coming in every day it's like when you got more revenue than than problems like you know it it, it takes away all the stress and makes business a lot of fun so that's, that's financial security to me. <laughs> I like that. So it's, it, and this is somewhat comical, but, but true is my introduction to client acquisition costs came from watching Shark Tank with my kids because Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank always asks or regularly asks about client acquisition costs. And the early, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Shark Tank. But I know, but yeah. Yeah, but in the early seasons, nobody knew what client acquisition cost was either. But now people have gotten wise and 
I imagine in preparing to come on the show, they're ready for Kevin O'Leary's question. So that's how I learned about it from watching TV. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, good. You're well. You're well ahead of. You're well ahead of most of the game. I think so. Although candidly, and I know a lot of my clients listen to the show, and uh, a lot of potential clients in LA Wealth Management, I do not know what our client acquisition cost is. So, well, we, I know. We, I know. I probably built up a nice amount of rapport with you. We had a nice conversation. I hopefully seem articulate and maybe a little smart, and then I blow it here right at the end. <laughs> So, wow, it's uh, just I don't want to tell anyone else. All right. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me again. If uh, individuals want to get more information about uh, you and the services you provide at Ardor SEO, where would they go? That, well, they could also go to Google and just type in the coolest guy in SEO. And if you don't see my pretty face, then Google's broken. All right. Very cool. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And I will be back with you on the next episode of the Simply Financial podcast very soon. Thanks again. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of SagePoint Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through SagePoint Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with SagePoint Financial.